Hello, I'm Emily Grace, and this is the Stages podcast of Bernstein Private Wealth Management. Life throws lots of stuff at you at every stage. We're here to talk about it. And today, we're here to talk travel with Melissa Biggs-Bradley, owner and founder of Indigare. Now, I've been a financial advisor since 2001. I've seen many different stock and bond markets, and through them, I've helped clients with investing, with planning, but one of the really fun things that I get to do is also introduce them to experts to help them with all of the other things going on in their lives. And so if, as you hear us today, you have any questions or want to talk about any issues, feel free to call me at 212-756-1951 or email me at emily.grace at Bernstein.com. Now, when, when I'm meeting with somebody and they want to incorporate a travel budget into our modeling, that's really something that I can work with them on. But when it comes time to actually plan that travel, that's when I'm going to introduce them to a travel expert. And that's where Melissa Biggs-Bradley and her team at Indigare come in. Melissa's joining us on the stage today to discuss how she helps pam- families plan those special trips. For 12 years, Melissa was the travel editor at Town & Country and launched Town & Country Travel Magazine. Back in 2007, can you believe that's over a decade ago? Back in 2007, she founded Indigare because she believed that creating a platform for exchange between like-minded, passionate travelers would allow for more transformative journeys and meaningful global connections. Now, one of the things that I found particularly interesting about what Melissa and her team have done is that they've managed to create this highly curated content that works with this ultra-engaged community, and then they manage to wrap that up and have the ability to help people then book their travel through experts. So it's not just that they give you the, the ideas, but they then actually help you really put them into play. You know, Indigari really established a new way to plan and book memorable experiences. Indigari's mission is to inspire and empower people to change their lives through travel. As I've heard Melissa say a number of times, you know, travel is not just where you go, but how your journeys shape you. Indigari itself has been named to Inc.'s fastest growing companies in the U.S. and to Crane's 50 fastest growing companies in New York. Now, we could probably spend you know, the next you know, few days talking about Melissa's role as a successful entrepreneur, but today we're lucky enough to have her here with us to share her insights into how she helps people think about travel at different stages in their life. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to, to hear what you have to say, because as a travel expert, and some might even say a travel guru, What are the key things that people should do when planning and taking a vacation? And I guess on the other side of that, what are the biggest mistakes that people make? I think one of the most important things when people are thinking about planning travel is not to approach it as a sort of a one-off last minute, oh my gosh, I have this week, I've got to come up with something. But I think it's important to to have a vision for your travel and to really have a long-term plan. And that's one of the things that we try to encourage people to think of. Travel plays an enormous role in people's lives in creating memories for their families, in helping them have um, sort of 
transformative moments, whether it's because they learn how much they love a, a certain culture or a country, or they get outside of themselves and they discover something wonderful. They didn't realize that they loved to hike, or they didn't realize how inspired they were by design until they went to you know Marrakesh, or how much they loved art history until or were reminded of that until they were wandering the museums in Rome. And so, it, you know, it really often opens these kind of life-changing epiphanies for people, but it shouldn't be an afterthought. You should, you know, really think about what's my strategic plan for my life and travel? What do I want to accomplish either for myself with my travel plans or for my family? So, you know, even with my own children, at a certain point, I realized you know, that we should have a, a plan of what we wanted to do with them as a family because we were going to have a limited number of years and not leave it up to the sort of last minute, oh my gosh, we have to, you know, figure out where to go and where can we get in. But really being strategic, I think, is the most important thing. And you can start that with your next weekend. And it, and it doesn't just go for sort of where you're going, but how you're approaching your trips. You know, let's, what do I want to get out of this long weekend? What's the most important thing to me? What do I have to plan in advance? And, and taking that time to be strategic yields enormous results in terms of the value of that trip. So I heard you right. You were talking about your life in travel, and it's not just the, the next trip. But I think, yeah. to me, what's so interesting is we often encourage people, I often encourage people to have family meetings yeah. and to talk about their their finances and the planning and their priorities and values and charitable giving and long-term and all of that. And really what I'm hearing you say is one of the subjects that should be discussed during these meetings is what's the family's approach to travel and how do you want to incorporate it in your life? Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those things where when you do that, it injects into the family, a sense of shared goals and shared hopes and dreams and achievements. And, you know, people get really excited about saying, okay, you know, this member of the family, it's really important to them that we go to Egypt and see the pyramids. Or for this family member, what they really want to do is go off the beaten path and take, you know, make have the whole family do a hiking or a camping trip. And you're allowing different members of the family to bring their personal passions and have an impact on the rest of the family and share these experiences and share these pleasures and interests together in a really deep and meaningful, lasting way. And how early on in this process do you recommend that people involve you and your team? I mean, we are happy to be in. I think the earlier they get us involved, the earlier we can help them understand sort of limitations and um, and come up with a good plan. So, you know, people can get really excited about going to a destination and thinking, you know, if they call us and say, this is the destination we picked and the time we want to go is December and it's the worst time of the year to travel that place, oh, no. then it's a deflated conversation as opposed yes. to, why don't we sit down, have a brainstorm session all together, we can guide you into you know, what are the best seasons, what are the lengths of time you need, and put all of those destinations that you want together and map something out so that they're all, they become achievable over a period of time. I love it. It's really thinking about it from a whole other angle. That's not just, I mean, so it is beyond clear how you and your team add value beyond just the Expedia or the, you know, online search, that it's really thinking through the entire experience. And yeah, I, mean, I, think, like. I think that's key. I mean, the other thing that I would say is because our team is 
spending, collectively we spend 1,500 days a year on the road actually scouting out places. There is a real familiarity with the places that people are interested in going. So the now, because of all the information that's available online, the average American spends 30 hours planning a trip because they're trying to figure out for themselves what, what they should be doing. We can save them a lot of time wow. because we can immediately say, well, if you're really interested in um, a certain kind of experience in Paris or in you know, Rome or Charleston, wherever it is, well, we can tell you the family way of doing it. We can tell you the food way or the art lover's way. And we've done all of that. We've scouted it out. We've, you know, because we have a big community, it's been tried and trusted, tested not just by our staff, but by our own members who are part of the crowdsourcing. They come back and they say, you know, my family loved this bike trip um, the day that we spent with this man biking around New Orleans. And that should be part of any family trip to New Orleans. So you have the benefit of really tested experiences that you can draw on. So I would say those are probably the two biggest value adds is this holistic approach, but also the really detailed expert you know, perspective where we've already vetted it for you. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. So what are, what are some successful tips to traveling as a family then? I, I have tested all of these on my own children, um, <laughs> as, as well as the, the children of our community as we've grown. But uh, some of the things that I have found to be really worthwhile over time is as avid a traveler as I am and as much as I think that one of the best educations and gifts that we can offer our children is an exposure to a lot of cultures and the world you also have to understand when they're ready to receive those gifts. And so, you know, I had sort of a rule of thumb that when my kids were little that we tried to do, to only travel on flights that were the same number of hours as they were years old. Wow. So I, I, we broke that a little bit. I mean, I took them when they were one to Bermuda, which was two hours flight, yes. or to Florida, which was two and a half hours flight. But really trying to keep that parameter because I made the mistake of bringing an 18-month-old to Italy uh, and realizing the jet lag is really, really tough on the kids. The, you know, what they're looking for at that age is a routine, similar kinds of food, similar sleeping patterns, similar environments. They're not getting anything out of touring around Italy at one and a half, and you're having a, a tougher time enjoying. Um, what you want to see and keeping them happy. So, you know, it's not a hard and fast rule and there's a lot of the times when we've got families with kids of lots of different ages and yes. we have to figure out how to accommodate for really young children. Um, and, you know, there are some tips and tricks on that too. But um, in general, I find that, you know, you can start getting kids to do, have a real um, excitement for travel when they're getting a little bit older, but it's a manageable trip. Once they get to 8, 10, 12 years old, you know, easing them into places where there's a lot of family activities. So, you know, London is a great sort of starter European capital yes. because, and as is Venice, because they're so obviously magical. You don't have to go and take in a lot of facts to understand the Tower of London. You know, every child gets the... the king and queen concept <laughs> in a moat. And, um, and so there's things like that where we can say, you know, these are places that are much more, there's Harry Potter, 
Um, yeah. Who doesn't you know, love Harry Potter? <laughs> so, and you can spend a whole day outside of London at the Harry Potter place and, and really have an incredible experience. So there are places that, you know, I think there's a good way to ease people into it or children into it. And then, and also just being really active. So, you know, intellectually, they're not going to understand places that are um, much more around history and facts and figures, or they're not going to appreciate it to the same degree when they're six, seven, eight, nine years old. And as they get older, then you can introduce those places and, and, and even how you pace the days, giving them plenty of downtime and fun time. So traveling doesn't become a chore where it's just, you know, tromping around and learning facts. It shouldn't be that. And it's so, a combination of sort of what you know works for most families and then for people to try to think through their own family and what their day looks like at home and how exactly. they bring that in. And what are some of the things when you think about, because so many people have two, three, four, five children, and so you can be spanning, you know, multiple ages. What are yeah. some of those tips that, that you recommend? Well, we found a, a number of things can be really fun. Um, one that we often recommend to people is appointing each member of the family a job. Um, for the day or, you know, on the course of the trip, and, and they can vary those. And, you know, often it's putting one person in charge of um, doing a little bit of being the guide for the family for the day. And, you know, it, and they, they may choose, you know, they may say, I, what I really want to do on this trip is go and see, a, you know, a soccer game. And if that's their choice, then saying, okay, well, we want you to take the lead on this yes. and, and explain the importance of Real Madrid. Um, I love it. Your siblings who may not care, um, but really getting them invested in a fun way, and then having somebody else be. Um, I think it's so important to document trips, and you know, at the end of a trip, yes. have everyone on their iPhones, but really to create a, mem a shared memory book, and to have you know, you can have one person each day being the official photographer of the of that day. And you get very different perspectives in, in how each person presents it. And then somebody else who's taking the notes, who's going to put that into the book. Um, and, you know, that makes everybody invested and have a job and feel, you know, somebody else can, you know, choose different things. We've had families who, you know, somebody really cares about um, being the menu chooser. Um, and the so, menu chooser. Yeah, so okay. basically, Fantastic. you know, they, they say, okay, well, you know, today at lunch, I'm in charge of ordering for the group. Um, and, you know, again, it's how much control do you yes. want to give up. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different ways, I think, to involve people so that they really feel that they're not just being, again, dragged along, but really taking part in the adventure and the whole experience. Yeah. I think that's it's fantastic. And it's interesting to have these guidelines to think through it and to really think about I think so many of us, when we plan trips, think, Sort of, okay, we'll plan it, and then the kids will do what we tell yeah. them to do, and we'll try to do the things that we hope they'll like. But I love the idea of really asking them to, to be part of the experience. Yeah. No, I, a number of years ago, I, my daughter, we were flying over to Berlin, and of course I had planned the trip. Um, at the time, she was probably 17. And she said, actually, Mom, one of the days I want to go to Tempelhof. And I said, well, I'm not quite sure what that is, and I have this plan. And she said, no, but I want to go to Tempelhof. It's the, it was the largest airport in the world in the 1940s. It had been built wow. by Hitler, and it has been um, retired from use and turned into a park. And you can go and rent segways or motorized skateboards and go around these massive 
former hangers, you know, hangers and, and runways. And I said, okay, fine. You know, I have to. Yes. I have to practice what I preach and say you, you can be involved in this. Trip. I was just say at first I was thinking this sounded a little like shoemakers. Kids wear no shoes. <laughs> you know, everybody let the kids be involved. All yeah. planned at all. Yeah. And and we went and I have to say it was one of it's now one of my favorite things to recommend for families in Berlin. It is such an odd and special experience. I love it. And you never know where ideas are going to come from. I have no idea how she found it. Probably on Instagram or something. Yes. But, you know, it is, it's great to be surprised by your kids on these trips. I think that's a big part of it. I, I love it. I think that's fantastic. Now, and leaving room for that spontaneity, I think, is another thing that we've found to be really important. So not scheduling every moment. Plan. Yeah, not scheduling all the moments. Yeah, okay. Which it must be hard if you're going someplace for the first time or you're bringing kids someplace that you love yeah. and you want them to see every single thing, but maybe not getting too Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think you have to leave some room for spontaneity. Okay. And speaking of spontaneity, you know, we, we're, we've talked about traveling as a family and for multiple people at once, but any great ideas for traveling alone, you know, whether somebody's single or they're leaving their family behind, and I mean, do people actually do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the interesting thing is I think definitely a lot of people do do that. One of the trends that I've seen in recent years is people actually being more interested going on their own but on small group trips. And I think one of the, and we've developed a lot of those to different places, often around themes, and it could be around design to Marrakesh, or it could be hiking in the Dolomites, or um, sort of the highlights of Egypt, something like that. And those are maybe places that people have always wanted to go, and they don't have somebody to go with them. And they've said, you know what, I will sign up and, and go with a small group. I also think that what's happened is, for a lot of people, so much of our lives are so isolated because of technology that we're missing a sense of community and they're finding in smaller group trips that they are, have a community of, around a passion for travel and so they like go and they meet other people and they realize you know we we really are curious about the world we want to keep learning we're interested in whatever the theme of that trip may be in that place and they're making you know really meaningful friendships through these small group trips that's a phenomenon that's in it happening in wellness as well. There's a lot of trips now around yoga retreats or yes. hiking um, and education, and I think it's the same thing. People realize, you know, I don't have to learn or participate in things only where I am. Um, I can put myself out there and, and go on these trips and learn amongst other people and in a new way. And I think there are plenty of people who also realize, you know, they don't want to wait and say, you know, I've always wanted to go to Tuscany or Rome and I have to wait for somebody to want to go with me. There are fabulous trips that you can do on your own. And I tend to think um, either going in some fashion with a smallish group or choosing a location where it's easy to be on your own. So cities are much easier, yes. particularly for women to travel in um, comfortably by themselves than, you know, going to remote places. And uh, you can structure a fantastic trip around, you know, a city location where there's a, the right mix of activities and, you know, you don't have to be entirely alone. Um, a lot of places now have communal restaurant, communal tables in wonderful restaurants. You can sign up for a half-day cooking class or a food tour or a walking tour. 
Um, and, you know, I am a, a huge fan of spending time on your own. And I love these. I think I might need to book yeah. one. <laughs> one of my favorite trips is from, I mean, this was almost 10 years ago, going to Istanbul yeah. on my own. And again, I mean, it sounds like I followed some of the advice, which was you know, the city, big yeah. city, all of that. I don't know there were many communal tables, but that's a great yeah. idea um, to take advantage. But it's a city with lots to do, and, yeah. you know, and you can go to places, hear great music. Um, you can, you know, as I said, go on walking tours, go to museums. So you don't have a sense of being alone, even though you're alone. Yes. Um, but so I, I think solo travel is a wonderful experience. And you're finding that segment of your business even growing. Yeah, absolutely. That's so fascinating. I love that people think about these things and that you and your team are there to help people figure out then how do they make it work for them, for their family, for themselves. Yeah. It's really, really phenomenal. So finally, in one word, where do you want to go next, Melissa? I'll say Egypt because I am going there next. <laughs> but it's it's so hard for me to always choose. I love going to places that are completely new. I've been to Egypt before. Yes. Um, and I, I love going to places that are new because I think the sense of discovery when you have absolutely no preconceived notion, you may have a preconceived notion, but you have no personal experience of a place, opens you up in a way that is always incredibly exciting. But I also like returning to Paris. Um, I was lucky to live there for a little bit of time, and every time I go back is, is kind of like going back to an old version of myself or going home in a way. And so, Trip down memory lane. Yeah. So, and there, I mean, I, I, I love to get on the plane. Fantastic. Well, you're in the right business then. <laughs> <laughs> so really, Melissa Biggs Bradley, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so impressed with all the work that you're doing at Indigare and what you're doing to help people think through not just taking a trip, but really how they're building travel and incorporating it into their into their lives and what that journey how that journey impacts them and how they impact the places that they're visiting. So I really appreciate your taking taking the time today. You know, at the end of the day, thinking through how everything fits together in your life is is crucial. You know, thinking through all these different stages is so important. And I've helped people as a financial advisor think through these things and love being able to introduce them to to people like you to help them think through the travel side. So if you have any questions on anything you've heard today, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com or at 212-756-1951. And you can reach Melissa and her team at 212-988-2611 or by going to indigare.com. That's I-N-D-A-G-A-R-E.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. The information contained herein reflects the views of Alliance Bernstein LP or its affiliates and sources it believes are reliable as of the date of this publication. Alliance Bernstein LP makes no representations or warranties concerning the accuracy of any data. There is no guarantee that any projection, forecast, or opinion in this material will be realized. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views expressed herein may change at any time after the date of this publication. This document is for the informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Alliance Bernstein LP does not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. It does not take an investor's personal investment objectives or financial situation into account. 
investors should discuss their individual circumstances with appropriate professionals before making any decision. This information should not be construed as sales or marketing material or an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument, product, or service sponsored by Alliance Bernstein or its affiliates.